This call is being recorded. Hello, everybody. Back again as we continue to roll through the week. Lockdown Browns, full, full off-season mode now. Um, again, the kind words coming, guys. Look, you know, I've always loved the free agency process. I've always loved the draft process. This is stuff that I did more than anything else before I went team-specific and this opportunity came here. Um, I'm as excited about, you know, this time of year uh, and especially what is going to be the weirdest. We said this last year, but uh, this draft cycle will dwarf how weird last year's drive cycle is. So your latest Locked on Browns, your host, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, joining from Pro Football Focus. I'm sorry, PFF. We don't say the full name anymore. Man, almost went a year with that, and all of a sudden I went backwards. Mr. John Costco, senior analysis. Um, it seems so very strange to open the show again here, um, second night in a row, um, as we sit down and record and talk about, you know, part of the football content community uh, losing another great man today, uh, 37 years old, uh, Therese Paler uh, from Yahoo, uh, Big Chiefs, uh, Big Chiefs guy uh, podcast with Charles Robinson over at Yahoo, um, 37 years old. It's it's just crazy to even fathom. It's crazy to even think about. Um, you know, I, I tell you guys all the time is, you know, I've, I've tried to bring as you know, much of my real life into the show as I could. Um, if you're ever having problems with somebody, you ever have beef with somebody, um, it just ain't worth it. Um, you, you, you never know when somebody's going to leave. Uh, so to, uh, all the folks over at Yahoo, uh, all the folks who, you know, uh, Therese had, uh, affected and, you know, been a, a big part of and, and friends with, you know, my hearts, my blessings out to you. I think the only thing, and I've I literally thought about this for about an hour or so ever since seeing this news today, is the only thing I can think is maybe the football content in heaven sucks, and uh, need need some reinforcements because some great great folks are you know certainly not here with us anymore, um, and to the family, to their friends, uh, my deepest condolences. Uh, we had spoken about this last week um, with Stephen Thomas when the news broke that. <clears throat> Things weren't going well for Coach Marty Schottenheimer. And, uh, you know, today uh, the official word, uh, Coach Schottenheimer, after battling for seven years this disease, which is just, I mean, just brutal being trapped in a body that you're not comfortable with and a life you don't remember. And towards the end, usually people you don't even remember uh, who are the closest people in your life. Um, John, I mean, this, when that whole, the fun of the dog pound and the success of, the Cleveland Browns in the mid to late eighties, Bernie and Biner and, you know, Slaughter and Langhorn and, you know, Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield. It was just something about this coach, this little nerdy looking guy. Um, but he found a way to buy into people as people. And this is the one. And, and I remember getting this message last week that, you know, Marty Schottenheimer would take the time to make sure he knew the man before he essentially pushed the man. And I'm not going to say the name and everybody asked him, so I'm not going to tell you sitting down with a younger player. And now he shared the story with me where he had no idea of his finances. He had no idea of the money he was making. You know, he wasn't sure what to do as far as living. And, you know, well, can I live in a place like this? And coach Schottenheimer trying to explain to the young man, you could live on the block, whichever one you want. If you want to buy a couple of them, son, you're in that position. You don't need to do that. Um, but a, a man who just had a way to rally the troops, um, and it, it, everywhere he went, it, it, it went along with him. And that's the measure of a man, because it doesn't matter that you succeeded in, in one city with a certain style. 
if what you do and you do it correctly, you can go to other places and have success. I mean, we're talking about a man, John, who was fired after a season where he finished 14 and two, which is just absolutely mind boggling. Yeah. And you, the, the thing about him too is, you know, people blame him for that loss and there's actually video of him talking to, I don't remember the player, but the, he's talking to the player. It's like, Hey, you're, you're going to make the, the game winning play. You know, you, you've got to be smart with the ball when you make that interception. And he, you know, he fumbled it away when he, when he made that interception. And, um, you know, he was, he was a great coach. I don't think there's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, top, he's top 10 all time in wins. I, I can't remember the specific number he is at that. Um, and obviously, as for Cleveland Browns fans, we we know him very well from, you know, in 1980 to 84, he was defensive coordinator, and uh, 84 to 88, where the head coach, and obviously, obviously, all the AFC Championship games that he was able to to lead the Browns to, and uh, head coaching with you know with Bernie Kosar, those two kind of go to, you know hand in hand, and then going and, and being successful head coach at obviously at Kansas city and also San Diego, and then had the brief stand at Washington. That's, it's a, it's a tragic loss. May his memory be eternal in the, in the kingdom of heaven. And, um, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers will going out to his family and, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a loss. It's a tough loss for, for Browns, Browns fans and the, you know, Cleveland for in general. Um, a lot of people always want to talk about, you know, sort of, you know, these honors after the career, you know, uh, the talk of, you know, Clay Matthews in the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, there's a ring, a ring of honor in First Energy Stadium um, and probably should have been done probably well before this. Um, but if we're looking to add a name in the 2021 regular season, uh, how about uh, throwing Marty Schottenheimer's name up there? I think it's certainly more than deserved. And as much as everybody these days talk about Coach Stefanski and how thrilled they are, um, most of the people I talk to who are old-timers say he's the first coach I trust, the first coach I love since Marty Schottenheimer. And we're literally talking, doing the quick math, uh, almost 40 years, people. Literally almost 40 years. So uh, let's go ahead, get that taken care of. We're going to get to real football business, and we certainly have John Costco here for that. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk some Super Bowl player grades, um, some incredible performances, some stinkers as well, uh, which usually would happen in a game that finished 31-9. to uh, We start peaking in the free agent market uh, with that, you know, uh, today being February 9th. So we are essentially five weeks away from March 15th, which is the unofficial wink, wink. Um, with the official date of free agency starting on March 17th. Bet online. I know the NFL season is over, but that does not mean if you get the itch from time to time or night to night, or you like parlays or you like teasers, bet online is there for you. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code. Locked on, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's college basketball, whether it is NBA basketball, whether it's the NHL, you're covered at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use your promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus. 
with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book expert. In a rematch, John, in the Super Bowl in Tampa, a game that I think we all got ourselves talked into. And I know, I mean, I just, I literally thought we had a possibility of seeing one of the better Super Bowls of all time. Mahomes and John, we didn't get it. <laughs> uh, after a, a bad, 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 and I'll say it, halftime show, I think it just soured everything. And from then on out, we got, you know, Tampa played pretty well. But as far as what we were all looking for, for our late 20 season, we got a snoozer, buddy. Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Um, I think it's the first time we've really seen uh, adversity for Patrick Mahomes in his career. Um, you know, we we had never seen him with an inferior part of his offense. He's always had, uh, obviously, the weapons and, and, you know, the wide receiver position and good, obviously, really good running backs as well. Um, and the offensive line has always been it, been good to great. And we saw what what an offensive line when it gets, when it gets tattered apart, what it can do in a, and how detrimental it can be. Um, you know, especially an offense like the chiefs where they're, they are predicated on having longer developing plays down the field where Mahomes does have to hold onto the ball longer. And when he's, you know, he, if he can mitigate a, a, a weak link on the offense line, he's dealt with having Cam Irvin there. Um, he's had other issues where um, <laughs> it couldn't resist that. Could you? Of course not, right? But, I mean, he, he's had situations where he's had to deal with a, a bad piece on that offensive line. He just – when you have one, you know where that pressure is coming from, and you can scheme around it. You can you can slide protection. You can double team to help that guy. You can chip on that guy. But when you have both – you know, you've now lost Eric Fisher. You don't have Mitchell Schwartz. So then you're moving your right tackle that was replacing Mitchell Schwartz over to left tackle – and then you're bumping your right guard out to right tackle and having a, a guy in, in Stefan Wisniewski who was cut from the Pittsburgh Steelers this year and for good reason because he's, you know, he, he had been a good player throughout his career. He's no longer there. Now you're talking about a patchwork offensive line in the Super Bowl against that that defensive line. No, thank you. That's It's over. And as good as Mahomes is and those weapons, if you can't protect, you cannot find open guys that are on downfield and there were open guys. It's not as if like the, the, the Buccaneers secondary was flawless in this game, but when you're under pressure on what I think 55% of the time, you get to a point where you always feel like you're under pressure, even when you're not. So even in a clean pocket, Patrick Mahomes felt like he was being rushed and had to do things. And he was, you know, there were some, he had some crazy throws that he had in this game, but, the, the name of this game is being able to protect that quarterback and letting him to throw from a clean pocket. And if you're not getting clean pockets to throw from, it's really difficult to be able to sustain drives because everything that happens out of pressure, you know, when you're, you're, you're under pressure and you have to go out of structure, it's not stable. It's not predictable. You can't really rely on that type of a game. You can make plays off of it, which is Mahomes has done in his career, but you can't predicate your offense on that. And, that's kind of what it was. It was that offensive line was so was so bad. It just every time that Mahomes was getting getting you know to in the in the he just was never comfortable in that pocket. And then you they it just didn't seem like they were able to adjust. And then once they were down by you know multiple scores, they they 
basically are in a pass only mode, even though that the run game was actually decently working well for them. You just can't continue. You can't run it when you're down, you know, three or two and three scores at that point in the second half. Um, I think also, you know, as words out now that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to go under surgery, you know, under surgery this week, uh, you know, for the injury on his foot with a five to six month rehab. Um, It seemed like he was, as far as running straight, you know, as far as the scrambling, it seemed like he, you know, that wasn't that much of an issue. Yeah. I mean, maybe some left to right stuff, um, you know, but in the same respect though, if you're dealing with a little bit of an injury in your foot, you know, dropping yourself an extra 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage to try to beat guys may not be to your best advantage, but still there were throws the thrill, uh, the throw to Hill, um, you know, in a perfect world, you know, Hill pulls that one down, changes the game. Uh, the, the baseball dive throw that went off the face mask at the goal line from about 30 yards out. First off, absolutely just insane. And look, man, if I'm getting harassed all day, these are the plays you guys got to make. You, you know, if I can get it and get it off, you can't have it hit me in the face mask. You got to go ahead and reel those ones in. And, you know, normally, you know, they get Superman type play and they just didn't get it this Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, yeah, look, it's, I don't think much is going to change for Kansas City. It's not like the window's closed and over. Um, I think they're going to be okay. I think they'll be, you know, certainly around in contention. John, some grades. Um, I do believe I saw that we had the highest offensive line grade from a Super Bowl ever this Sunday from young Tristan Wirfs. Really? I didn't even I didn't even know that. There was a, there, <laughs> oh, I knew that, there I knew was that a, he graded high. I didn't realize. I guess I didn't. There was a tweet out, it. and I believe maybe it was over like the last five, you know, maybe seven, eight years, whatever. But it was, I believe, Tristan Wirfs had the highest offensive line grade in the Super Bowl. In recent memory, yes. Yeah, 91.7 grade. Um, run block grade of the 93.2. I did not realize that it was the you know highest from a from an offensive lineman in um, you know this what however long or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean that guy has has shown over the course of the season why he was you know obviously a first round pick. But um, when you talk about this offensive line, offensive tackle class that you know obviously Browns fans know it very well because we were looking to get an offensive tackle left you know left tackle for the future and you know there's Andrew Thomas Tristan Wirfs Mikai Becton Jedrick Wills and then Andrew Jackson that sound right Miami, yes Lawrence yeah. Jackson Lawrence Jackson uh, I think some he was not very good, but um, it wasn't been, Andrew Jackson because that it, 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 if he was good and his name was Andrew Jackson, obviously the money connotations would have been there, right? But he wasn't very good. Uh, can't remember what his name is, but it doesn't really matter, right? So, um, all th- those first four guys though were all everybody was kind of debating who was the number one guy, and you kind of almost could have picked any of them and been okay with it. Um, Naturally, when you have a guy like Tristan, you know, Tristan Wirfs has a, the season he had. He was one of the highest graded, right, you know, tackles in the NFL this year. And, you know, 84.5 grade this season. Phenomenal season from a from a rookie. He gave up just one sack. Uh, I believe it was to. 702 to, pass reps. 702 pass reps. One sack as a rookie. Nice job, young man. Uh, 851 if you include the, the postseason. So, uh, right, one sack. Oh, I think better. it was. I, I believe it was to Khalil Mack. I have to I have to look that up. So, giving up your only sack okay, to I remember. you know Khalil Mack, whatever. Well, that was the game. So, that was the game where Brady got pitched and thought there were five downs. Yes, yes, or at exactly. least tried to lobby for a fifth down. I'm right. Tom Brady. I say it's still fourth down. It's still fourth down. <laughs> exactly. So the, I mean the stud stud right. Phenomenal rookie season. I think 
whenever you have have that type of season, you, you're you've got your your tackle of the future. And I think you know, good good for him. Um, part of it is it is helpful to have that rest of that offensive line is a really good offensive line, so they they are well um, coached, and he's got the good support along around with uh, him as well. So um, you know, they they found that they're a right tackle of the future at least. So protecting protecting Brady and part of it is Brady gets rid of the ball really quickly. So that does help in that situation, but it's still, I mean, he, he gave up a total of 24 pressures this year, you know, so, and that includes the postseason. So you're talking about 21 games, 24 total pressures. So phenomenal season from that dude. Um, culminating in obviously the best game of his, of his young career so far with a 91.7 in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, this this could be a class that's uh, tackle-wise from 2020 that's probably talked about for a long, long time. Um, when you have, you know, where they went, you had four tackles go in the top 13. And, you know, I, I think each team right now is totally content with the players they drafted. You know, even Andrew Thomas, it was a slow start, got better as the year went on. Uh, the Browns knew, um, you know, Jedrick Wills was going to be a little bit of a learning process. And what do we say about Jedrick Wills? All he had to be was the fifth best offensive lineman. Okay, and he was better than most traditional fifth offensive linemen. Uh, Makai Becton uh, obviously had his flashes. And, of course, you know, Tristan Wirfs. And keep in mind, I mean, the athleticism, and everybody knew it, there's still a possibility that, you know, Tristan Wirfs could eventually end up on the other side um, and, you know, go ahead and pay him left tackle money, find a way to save some money, um, you know, bring somebody in on the right side. You don't necessarily have to. Um, but it's a nice option to have with a player that people felt totally comfortable with that he could have made the switch just like – Jedrick Wills did as well. We're going to get to a little bit more here, NFL-wise, with John Costco. We're going to talk a little free agencies. Uh, I also want to dip in a little bit about how this is going to probably be the craziest offseason in NFL history, quarterback-wise. We've already started, um, and it it literally, to me, it almost feels like, you know, if anybody, you know, ever, you know, remembers the game musical chairs, it's it's kind of got that kind of feel to it, and, you know, who knows? I mean, there could be a quarterback or two that ends up in a situation that they never saw coming where maybe playing time may not be essentially guaranteed. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like your mortgage, like your grocery bills, like those kids who just are never ever ending as far as monetary needs. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? You can go to rockauto.com. You can research the parts yourself like these chain stores do when they do not have anything in stock. You don't have to be a member. It doesn't require a login. It's the same thing these chain stores are doing. Why are you going to pay them to do it for you? Along with something like YouTube tutorials, find the easiest way to maintain your car on your budget the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easily easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com john it's already started there's i don't know i don't know how to believe this the eagles are 
hell, they might call you or me right now, John, and say, hey, we'll send over a pizza tonight for the kids. Don't worry about cooking. Can you throw out something that tells that maybe a Carson Wentz trade is imminent? Um, but you've already had Stafford for Goff, um, the names of Wentz, um, whatever Chicago does, you're, that you then wonder what's going on as far as Trubisky, New Orleans most likely, obviously Drew Brees not coming back. We have an unhappy quarterback in Houston. And first things first, Browns fans are all just sitting here right now, like doing their nails, like, that's a shame. That's a shame. That's about half the NFL right now has zero idea what they're doing at the quarterback. I don't think there's ever been and ever will be an offseason in the NFL quarterback-wise. And we're we're not talking about, you know, guys that teams are aside from or it's time to go to a different direction where it's simple and easy enough. We're talking teams with some quarterbacks under contracts for some serious, serious money, and they're looking to get out. And, you know, like, prime example is the Eagles with the, all the the contract that Wentz has, you know, and then the rumors over the weekend. Oh, uh, well, maybe two firsts and a player for a guy you don't want. <laughs> for a guy you don't want, really? I mean, John, this is going to come – this is going to end up being – it's going to end up being nuts. And you may end up with somebody – I'll just use the name, for example, a guy like Sam Darnold, where he ends up in a position where maybe he's not even quarterback one when the move is made. Uh, yeah, this 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 whole situation uh, for the quarterback position is going to be wild this year. So, like, speaking about Carson Wentz, you know, his grade this year was was awful. Um, you know, passing grade of a 60.0. Um, his wins above replacement was 43rd in the NFL at quarterback's position, you know, position or whatever how so he's wait, just, how, how many in the league again though wait wait yeah no right how many 30, 40, 32 teams 40, 40, 30. yeah so J- if he was in triple a he'd be the 11th best in triple a jalen jalen hurts uh, almost surpassed him in, in wins like value uh and he only started a couple games so it's <laughs> that's the kind of shows you how bad carson wentz was this year. over the saves so, uh, he was able to trump almost wentz's entire year yeah his i, I don't <laughs> know so like the all these quarterbacks, like uh, like with Wentz and wanting the, tr- the trade situation for him, Deshaun Watson and a trade situation for him, all this stuff where it's like they have these massive contracts and getting out of them is not easy It's because there's a lot of dead cap that goes along with it. And especially in a season where the, the salary cap is going to be lower than it was this past year because of COVID and all that. It's really difficult for these teams. So to even be able to- but even like your smart, even like your smart franchises who would have a boatload of cap, like you can't like everybody talks about that Browns move years ago where you ended up. Oh God, I can't. Why can't I even remember the guy's name? But you brought the quarterback in. You ended up getting the, t- the 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 pick from the Texans that turned out to be Nick Chubb. Brock Osweiler. There you go, big old Brock. <laughs> You know, like if you're a team in that situation, you're like, well, we can't. We don't really have the flexibility to do something this year that can benefit us down the line. We just don't have the ability to make this work. Yeah, there's Browns were in a good situation that year where they had the cap space. So just they needed to get to that floor. Um, To my knowledge, there aren't any of those teams. Maybe Indy is a team like that, but Indy's not going to take on that. They don't unless they think that he can be good. They're not going to take on that type of contract, and because like Wentz, like think about it. But Wentz, even if you're Indy, you can mortgage the future to get higher up in the draft. I mean, you could. I mean, if he wanted to say, okay, we'll give you this year's one, next year's one, and you know, here's ten names. You want two of them, so yeah. we'll go get ourselves in the top ten if we really, really like one of these guys. 
Right, and and not have to pay that type of contract to exactly. So it's the contract is a is a huge situation when when it comes mm-hmm. to these quarterbacks, and especially with a Carson Wentz, where his cap thirty seven point four million this year. He's he's I mean, that's a that's a monster number, and you know the, the and if we're talking like one eighty, what is it one eighty four? So I mean, what's that like a sixth? He's a sixth of the Eagles' cap, and they so, don't want to play him. Yeah, it's. It's 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 part of it. Part of it is is when they signed this contract, and this is part. You know, like look at Go- the Rams and Goff, and so then you and one of the things of that the, the Cowboys. You kind of look at the Cowboys and go, well, they didn't. You know, there's they may have lost out, or like you're going to have to pay Dak more or whatever, or you know Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are are less expensive because they signed them. You know, extended them two years early or something like that. But at the same time, now they're they go, oh, actually, these guys aren't as good as we thought they were. We're kind of screwed now. So it's it's we, it's you have to know. And we found out she was cheating on us. <laughs> yeah, you have to know what you're getting into when you sign these contracts with these guys. So, like, uh, as an example, you know, Carson Wentz, he had one good season, and that season season was like a really good season. I would say, like, he was top five quarterback in the NFL that season in, in 2017. But the thing is, is that like it wasn't predicated on like stable metrics it was he was really good on third downs he was really good under pressure and when you're good on those situations that's not a repeatable skill moving forward like year after year you have to see the 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 ability from a clean pocket to improve you have to see the ability from on for early downs to be really good and that's what's repeatable so you you know when they signed Carson Wentz after i think they did it after the 2018 season right so they in before the 2019 season when they signed that made this extension his clean pocket grade up until that point in his career was you know it was just not great it was it was 18th out of 41 good i mean middle of the pack guy type guy but you're not paying record breaking money to a guy like that um early down early down throws from a 22nd in the NFL, you know, you know, from a standard drop back where you eliminate play action screens and, and trick play type stuff he's 11th better, but like, this is not type of money that you want to be predicating your future on and throwing away $134 million or whatever it was that they, they extended him with, you know, you look at, you want to, you want to be able to do it with a guy that can, you know, do it in the, lead your franchise and you have to see it on a consistent basis. Like you talk about, like with, we want, we talk about this, you know, segue to Baker Mayfield. We saw it for 12 games this year where he played an elite level on the stable stuff. Is, is a 12 game sample size enough for you to say, yes, we want to extend them or do you just go, Hey, we're going to, we're going to pick up that fifth year option. And then let's talk, let's talk this contract extension next off season, see what you can do second season in this system or whatever. It's a good. It's a good question. So I, you know, I think it's. But you it's also, but I mean, if you're doing this with Baker, you also might say, "Hey, look, let's just do this because we have no guarantees. We know what this year's cap is. Hopefully, this stuff gets back to normal. And you know, by taking the fifth year option, it gives you a chance to work on it. And you can say, look, we can't talk about numbers that we don't know yet. So, in the same respect, if we're talking about this now, we could end up shortchanging you." We could extend, you know, end up over committing, and then guess what? We're an eight and eight football team again because we have too much money wrapped up in the quarterback, and you need help other places to succeed. John, I'm going to give you three teams. 
Uh, we'll go one by one by one. Who will be the quarterback for this team week one in the 2021 NFL season? First one, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, um, Carson Wentz. I think I think I think that's what Sorry, the, the rumors have been. That's what the rumors been. Reunite with with uh, Frank Reich, and that's what's been out there. So I'm going to say Carson Wentz. Sorry, Colts fans. Chicago Bears. Oh man, right? Like this is how weird it is. There's almost like a team in every division. We're like I have no idea who the hell their quarterback's going to be next year. Um, Mac Jones. Okay, Mac Jones is a PFF darling, or or no? Yes, no. Yeah. Um. So I need to study these guys more, but I know Bruce, Bruce Gradkowski really likes him. Um, in terms of just his his processing of the game and stuff like that. So, um, and, and he he had one of the highest graded seasons we've seen in a college um, this year. So, but part of it is because those guys were it was the scheme and and they were just so much more dominant than everybody else, but. And you're playing yeah. with first-round picks, which always makes things go well. Yes. The New Orleans Saints. Flamus. You can't tell me Jameis Winston. Who? Come on. Flamus. Flamus. Flamus Jameis. Oh, good. No. Uh, no. I don't know. He's, he's a free agent, so he's not under contract with these guys. It's a one-year. He was with them one year. Um, Breeze is not going to be there. Um, he hasn't announced his time retirement as far as I know, right? Um, but he just, he just took $24 million off of their 2021 cap. I'm not assuming you do that. If (laughs) you're going to actually play, Uh, I don't think you do a favor and restructure the massive restructure that he did. Um, unless all intents and purposes are that, you know, we're going home. Maybe, maybe they roll with Taysom. I don't know. I don't know. But I think, um, I think, I think single wing, baby. I think one of the things too, that you look at, a reason why I think I might I think that they might go roll with Jameis this year is is he was in that system learned learned under Drew Brees for for a season and he has talent like he has talent I think that maybe Sean Payton feels like he can coach him up like and and you look at at that in that divisional round playoff game against the, the Buccaneers Drew Brees was you know you saw a video of him saying to Jameis this is your team now. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that means nothing. So, well, but the other thing is, is you could get Jameis probably at a low number with a lot of incentives, and the Saints are certainly going to be in some sort of cap. Hell. Yes, cap hell indeed. And so they can they can get him on the cheap and be able to work with that. Work from there essentially, and it's still going to be. I mean, it's not going to be enough. They're going to have to. They're going to lose a body or two. There's just no way around it. But if you can find, you know, if you can save at the premium money position of quarterback. Uh, obviously, that helps out a ton. Um, we'll get the free agents, obviously, next time um, with John. Um, just one more here, John, since we are talking quarterbacks. Draft-wise, under the PFF scope, is it Trevor Lawrence that much far ahead of everybody else, or is there anybody else kind of kicking around at the heels? So if you if you ask Mike Renner, he says yes. He says it's the number one prospect he's seen coming out of college and since we've been doing it at pff eh, i don't think so but i like trevor lawrence is i gotta i gotta study these guys more like i i always the quarterback position you can study and study and study we're also late to the party this year john this is what happens when you actually play january football games 
Right. And I mean, I, I've seen these guys all year, right? Like, and what we do at PFF, like I grade these guys, I review their games and, and that, all that stuff. Um, but when you're, when you're trying to project it to the NFL, I've got to look at it in a different light, but Trevor, so Trevor Lawrence does a lot of things that you like from a quarterback position well already. The problem I have with him is that he came into as a freshman, tore it up as a, as a freshman, obviously won the, uh, the championship game, but he really didn't improve all that much year after year. Like it kind of was like from a grade wise, it was just, yeah, flatlined. Um, and you know, maybe like, like look at Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow had like a 94.5 grade. Trevor Lawrence has never touched that. Baker Mayfield has two great, two seasons of a 94 plus Trevor Lawrence's, his grades have been in a, in a 90, 90 to 91 range. Uh, each of his years so it's not you didn't see this upward trajectory of like all right he's improving he's improving you saw it from even like Patrick Mahomes he was he was pretty poor his freshman year he was good his his sophomore year and then he really improved and, and got in close to that elite level into the upper 80s is uh his junior year um Kyler Murray even he saw it with the Kyler Murray he had this elite season as his final season at, at Oklahoma um, so, like, you see the improvement from quarterbacks when it comes to these college guys. You didn't see that from Trevor Lawrence. And so that is that to me is worrisome that he's almost, like, capped out where he's he, he is what he is. But then again, like, I don't think I don't think he's capped out. And I think he can be a really good quarterback in the NFL because he does. He has everything you want from, a, from that quarterback position. His body type's a bit weird, to be honest. But he's athletic and he can sling it, and he knows how to read defenses. And I think he can be super coachable. I think the system didn't really do him many favors, so I, I'm I'm not ready to say that he is heads and shoulders above like a Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or anything like that yet. So that's that's where I'm at. I, I, I think I think for most of the time, just watching Lawrence, I, I think it just seemed like. You know, we always joke, you know, as a player ready for the NFL when they step into college. I think for college, for him, it was just like, well, okay, well, yeah, he's good enough here. Um, and it was almost kind of like, all right, well, let's, can we get to the point where we see him on the next level? Because, you know, it, you know, he just, it was, it was almost like the same season, all three years he was at Clemson. It was, you know, get into it, get into contention. You know, are we going to, you know, he's, Look, look, the Browns were holding the number one pick and they were in that unfortunate situation. Oh, yeah, let's go. Uh, you know, big, tall, nice, might, long blonde hair. Seems like a really good kid. I might, I, might want Zach, I might want Zach Wilson, though. Like The Mormon Mahomes? Yeah. Even though he's not Mormon? The Mormon Mahomes, yeah. And then the ne- next year, Spencer uh, Spencer Rattler is the, uh, yep. the next Mahomes or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to study these guys, but, like, it does – that. What you just said is kind of worrisome about about Trevor Lawrence, right? Where yep. it's like he comes in, he's already pro ready, but then it's like, like, hey, is he kind of bored with it? Like, where's the improvement that we wanted to see? The incremental improvement, even if it wasn't just like much, but still like the incremental improvement from from him. And granted, like he's going up against, you know, you go you look at his grades against, you know, the in the the good competition, you know, last year against Joe Burrow really struggled in that playoff game, even struggled against Ohio state in that game. Um, I, I'd say you showed some absolute guts to come back and, you know, down, what was it? 16, three or something like that. And he got almost knocked out of the game, you know, great. Like, you know, 
good guts to come back from that. But you know, again in the playoffs this year, it's not not nothing nothing special or impressive at all. Again, so yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. And you know, sadly, we're not going to get as much exposure this year as we have in the past um, with draft coverage. So you know, it's it's going to be a fun cycle. It's going to be an interesting cycle. And sadly. Um, you know, for a lot of us who put this much time in, you know, there's stuff we're looking forward to that we're just not going to get. He is John Coxco, part of PFF Senior Analysis, um, and one of the feistiest members of the Kansas Jayhawks secondary <laughs> of all time. Uh, so always a pleasure with John. Uh, as you guys know, uh, I plan to, you know, as long as John can come, I plan to have him a part of, you know, the, the offseason here and, you know, for a lot of us, we will go through this, um, you know, through this draft process. Um, you know, uh, I've got Elijah Moore all queued up per Pete's request. And I'm going to get to that in a little while from Old Miss. Oh, John, I think we got the John Costco seal of approval. Do Pete, do Pete and I agree on somebody? I bo- Oh, uh, Pete, is, <laughs> Pete is in. Pete is in. And referencing Mike Renner, if there's, there might be a Rose involved. Yes, there may be a Rose involved. Pete is in on Mr. Elijah Moore. He's good. So make sure you're checking everything out from John over at PFF. Make sure you're following at John Costco three. Um, always a pleasure with John, uh, you know, like-minded guys. Um, plus he, you know, brings the insight from, you know, through the PFF lens. Um, so it's, it's always fun. Always great shows. So make sure you're checking out everything from John. Of course, uh, the locked on Browns podcast, iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate review, uh, make sure you're following the account. Always follow back account. DMs are open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Ideas for the show. Folks, it's off season. You got stuff you, you would like to hear, stuff for us to talk about. Perfect time. Um, as we tried to you know stick to the schedule this year in what was an incredible 20 regular season, um, a lot more flexibility here now. So this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.